yeah. then I also have these um, <gasps> leather purses that are oh, those are cool. Yeah, they they sell here for like a hundred and twenty dollars. Which we're going to figure out a way to give one or two of them away to people who listen to the podcast huh. or whatever yes. just for fun. Hey, you now, should give one to um, Rachel, who has like 100,000 steps so far this week in our step club, which I am suspect on how, like, is that even possible? Is that because you're not, you didn't win? Is that? I am, I am not winning this one, guys. I am, I am just like, you know what? There's no way. But let me tell y'all something. Secretly, little Carla, yeah. she is secretly competitive. Oh, no, that's not a she, secret. Well, I didn't realize this. Well, you don't she know just, her yet then. Yeah, I still, just, well, I'm her. getting to know her really well through this little competition. Yeah. And and she is like killing She it. does her Instagram stories now of like, like look how much I'm walking, yeah. Jen. Like her, yeah, like her and Rachel are like, you know, they like won't sleep. They're like, it's nine o'clock. I got to get more oh, good. <laughs> let them Let them win, I say. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Spread, spread the winning around. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> All right, let's get Can't started. Can't win everything, I guess, Kevin. Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the industry leaders at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current and future state of marketing and online sales for builders and developers across the globe. We're not here to sell you. We're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you'd like us to answer? We'll do it. Simply send an email to show at doyouconvert.com. Welcome to episode 273. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today is Jackie Lipinski and fan favorite, <laughs> special guest, online sales coach, Jen Barkin. Hey, hey. So good to have you here. Oh, I had so to distract fun. her from gloating over the fact that she won our March Madness tournament, apparently. Wow. Uh, there's always controversy. It, it, it was a, it was a, it was a crappy win. I mean, between Mike and I, we only had 500 points because it was no, every, we, everybody. Got the record. We can roll the tape. Jen was just every, arguing dramatically that it was <laughs> definitely her, and this is a big deal. Now she's like, "Well, it's not that big of a win." You're hilarious. Everybody's bracket busted. Yeah. Yeah. Who was winning the Novi Home one? Oh, oh that's funny. Know. They just posted on their Instagram story the three winners, but like the actual winner is named like bracket guy one two four seven uh, like, we don't know who you are yeah. you have to tell us who won but i apparently i think you win cash on mm. that, right? it'd be funny if it was also jen she just sleuthed into that no i was uh number 14 mm. on that one out of 50 something oh jackie were you last I might have been. I let it <laughs> auto draft. Look, it's one thing to gloat about winning, but we don't throw <laughs> other people I who are last, the last place. under the oh, bus. No, no, no. I just, you weren't last. Never mind. I haven't Sorry. even checked it. Sorry, movie home. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's get into story time, please. All right, Jen, what's up with you? Oh, guys. Okay, you're not going to believe this. Remember, so. just take a moment if you need it and refocus. Okay. Online sales. Okay. Okay. Oh, I have to talk about online sales. Well, this no. kind of this kind of relates to online sales. Here's the what the message for online sales. Be curious. Mm. Be curious. And here's this fun story I just want to share with everybody. About 12 years ago, 
I was doing some research online because my dad never knew his biological father. Mm-hmm. And we had some questions around health. Like we wanted to investigate, mm-hmm. like, could we find anything else? Yeah. This was kind of before the whole ancestry.com and 23 and all that stuff. So doing just a Google search, come up with Stuart Hour, early aviator, who was apparently my great grandfather. I'm like, wow, this is really cool. Right. So I'm looking at this website and I see this, this letter that's from Stuart Hour's grandson named Lou Hour. And I'm like, Lou Hour. Okay. What? Like this has got to be, he's got to be related to me. We both have the same great grandfather or grandfather, whatever. So I'm curious. So I reach out and I'm like investigating. I'm like, can you get me in touch with Lou Hour somehow? I reach out to the website person that created this thing or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I have this old email address. You can try. Anyway, long story short, this happens to be my dad's half brother that he never knew existed. So his biological father had married years later, had another son, never knew each other existed. And so last, this past weekend, him and his family came here and visited with us for a few days. And so I gained a uncle, aunt, two awesome cousins who are just adorable. And, you know, it was just so cool, like, and just being open, but it was funny. Like he, he was, we were laughing at dinner the other night and he said, you know, I was a little nervous. Like, are these people, you know, weird? Are they serial killers? Are they going to try? Did you tell him you're part of a biker gang? Of course. (laughs) Well, we've been, we've been Facebook friends for (laughs) a long time. So they had already sniffed out, you know, the biker gang situation and, you know, that I had five dogs. And so they knew what they were walking into there, (laughs) but it was just so cool. You know, and I was thinking about, um, because another member of my family had said, you know, I don't really want to know him. I don't really care to even meet him or do anything like that. And I thought, gosh, you know, how cool, like if you are open, you're curious. And, you know, I was thinking about online sales because we're, we're seeing like right now, a lot of just quickly moving to the appointment and we're missing that, like being curious and asking good questions and really finding out about our customers. And mm-hmm. we miss out a lot of opportunity if we don't do that. And so I'm so glad I was curious that day. I'm so glad that we've stayed in touch and we've, you know, gotten to know him because now we have like a whole new family and they live in like San Clemente beach area mm-hmm. in California. So I'm like, sweet. I got a reason to go to California now. So, yeah, that's, you know, yeah. it's interesting that you chose that story to talk about. Cause I completely agree with you. You know, my bias in online sales land is always, and this is because in my current situation, I don't have to worry about how anyone's compensated to be clear. Just right. Mm-hmm. But I'd rather have all of the extra space to let everyone have the time to be curious and to follow up their absolute best. That's my mm-hmm. there are not other companies that way. Not I know, you know, it's you're just on like that, efficiency you're on that and get, side. You'd rather that, have isn't, that, isn't that weird though? Because in marketing, I'm <laughs> the opposite. I'm like, let's get leads efficiently and effectively. But then when it once you touch the human, I'm like, no, no, let them be as human as possible mm-hmm. to differentiate. Well, this all <sighs> you know, the whole be curious thing and we're, we're getting to the appointment too quick really came from 
me being curious about talk time and how long a good phone conversation should really take. Mm -hmm. And so what I did was I went and I pulled some appointments, like phone call appointments, like where I knew they had happened over the phone. And I looked at the average talk time. Mm -hmm. Did either of you want to guess what the average talk time was? I pulled and literally it wasn't a huge sampling. It was like seven calls. I'm going to guess three minutes. I'm going to guess six minutes. Okay. So Kevin, you're closer. Three and a half minutes. And I said, oh my gosh, like we're not spending enough. Like that's crazy. Three and a half minutes. So then I said, let me go listen to these calls because I was just looking at numbers. And what I learned was that we really were like, oh, okay, thank you for calling. Oh, you're interested in Happy Acres? Okay, yeah, like let's get you out there for an appointment. And we don't spend any time being curious, asking questions, like get doing that stuff. or we're having to go back and get it. Like we secure the appointment and then we're like, oh, by the way, um, mm-hmm. what was it that you wanted? <laughs> what was your name again? <laughs> hey, hey, what was your name? You know, so we've got to slow down and I'm I'm with you, Kevin. Like I, I always, when, when a builder says like, how many leads should my online sales specialist be managing? It depends, but I always go more on the, you know, lower side, you know, 150 to 200, like that's the sweet spot so that they have the bandwidth to be able to do all the things that they need to do. Yeah. Well, and again, what's interesting to me is multiple times over the past 30, 45 days, I've interacted with owners Mm -hmm. or individuals on the team who I still hear this like curiosity about, isn't this whole role just like slowing things down and getting in the way? You know, as the total number of leads have declined, that's what they keep talking about. They keep, they, like, not mm-hmm. keep, there's a whole bunch you're of them, making three me, or four you're times. You're making me get um, choking over here. Well, me too, because I'm, I, that's why I'm, I, you don't understand. Which which thing are we choosing to complain about here? You know, you're talking about be creative or curious and and slow down and be human and and understand them and qualify them appropriately. But then you've got these other people who are like, just get them out, get them out, get them out. And I don't understand that at all. Like I, I usually try to, and can successfully look at other perspectives. Let me give you the the breakdown here. This is another extended story time, courtesy of Kevin, but this builder had uh, a relatively small builder. They only have really two and a half active communities, but there were 30 appointments held in the month Mm -hmm. of March and zero sales that had come from that. And the question that came through was, you know, does anyone ever, when they see this kind of data say like, do we need this position? Is this additive or like, what am I getting from this? And I was like, I'm so glad you asked that, but I actually come from it in the completely opposite direction, which is that if you sold homes, which they did, I think they had uh, three or four sales for the month, but none from those 30 appointments, then that's a much bigger issue about what is happening in the sales office, utilization of CRM sales tactics and all the rest. There's mm-hmm. That's immediately where I go to, not is this position relevant. And then when we went into the data on the appointment scheduled, because you and, and the team at DYC make sure that they do this properly, something like 45% of those appointments were from prospects who were older than 90 days. Mm. To which I was kind of like, mm-hmm. I rest my case. Uh, mm-hmm. None of these appointments would have happened. Would have happened without the OSC. And yep. several of them were from a year or a year and a half ago mm-hmm. when they first came in as a lead. Yeah. So this idea that this 
this position is in any way slowing things down or getting in the way from the customer mm-hmm. getting to what they really want, which is someone who can sell them. Yeah. I just don't. That makes yeah. sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me either. We agree on that. Both show. Yeah. All right, Jackie, what do you got? Yeah, I actually have a kind of topic on top of that topic, Jen. When we've been having leadership meetings, how we've kind of shifted our marketing mindsets is, you know, we used to have to sell these communities, sell this bundle of homes, sell this thing. And now it's like, oh, we have to sell home site 10. We have to sell home site 12. And in leadership meetings, I'm also talking about, and don't forget the sales team. It's not, okay, here's a cluster of buyers. Here's a cluster of buyers. We're selling to Jim. We're selling to Sarah. We we have to, to think, obviously of them as people and treat them as people because, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's kind of like, Oh, what's the incentive for everyone? It's like, well, what's the incentive for Sarah? What's the incentive for Jim? Like you, your sales team really has to work on those individual needs to really figure out what's the best game plan for them. And, mm-hmm. and that's really how the markets I think shifted the most in the last three years. It's, it's not like quantity, it's the quality of these relationships mm-hmm. we're, we're building. And then I, I didn't even see your topic. Um, but my real topic here, Jen, was also about being curious as a marketer. We get oh. to occasionally interview people for marketing roles at the home builders we um, we partner with. And I was lucky enough to assist with an interview process today. And one of the things that really I was really pleased to hear was this person's like, I don't know what I don't know, but I'm also willing to learn. And I'm also mm. willing to understand and be honest with myself of my weaknesses and, mm. and try to come up with a game plan of how I need to get to that level. And I was like, yeah, you might not know what you need, but that's exactly what I want to hear from someone. Tired. Tired. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they have drive to push the friction yeah. of, of gaining momentum. Yeah. Do right? you guys yeah. think that... Um, self-motivation is something that you just have or can be a skill that you build? Well, I think my answer would be both, but I would only want to hire someone who's self-motivated ever. I also think there's different backgrounds of people to give. I was at a company previously and they, um, they would, I don't want to say throw, throw you in the deep end, but they'd throw you in the deep end and you, you have to be to that figure level it out. and figure it out. And, and some positions maybe don't offer that. Or if you come from extremely structured corporate companies and then try to shift to yeah. a small chaotic company, I can see that learning habit growth. But yeah, I would agree that um, there has to be some kind of balance because you, you know, you can have a ton of ideas of where to go, but you also need that direction sometimes to, to point to the North star of what you want to accomplish. Yeah. I, I want to hear your thoughts, Jen, but the, the reason I say, well, let me just start with the, yes, you absolutely have to be self-motivated in marketing is that there's work that comes at you that must be done because it's being requested by other parties in the organization, sales, operations, land, whatever, but that's not how you gain incremental progress towards doing things better or different. That only comes from here. Like, like no one said, Hey, Kevin, we should have this thing called all access where we can have a private community where people can share and communicate and we can do things at a different level. No one said that. We just, I just said, you know what? I'd like to do that. That is my own motivation of, I want to have this mm-hmm. place for ourselves and for the industry and right. marketing on this as people to talk. So I, I think you don't really grow without that drive. 
Mm-hmm. Because to use your pool analogy, Jackie, if you're like, well, I, I'm not a great swimmer. I'm just going to keep treading in the shallow end. You don't ever go in the deep end unless you are put in that situation where you have to tread water. And then in that case, you're probably trying to get back to the shallow end as quickly as possible versus realizing, hmm, I better understand how to like keep myself afloat for at least 15 minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. I think like trying to determine that in the hiring process, though, is kind of hard. Like, how do you determine if somebody is has drive? Yeah. And I know he's a highly controversial figure in many ways, but I really have seen multiple articles about Elon Musk's interview process. And for yeah. marketing, I really do think this directly applies. I want to know as specific as possible a problem that was solved or not solved and then I want to know to the most intricate way you can describe it exactly how you got there. Mm-hmm. And what that shows is that you, if you can articulate that process, you've actually done it because there's so much, we've all seen the meme of like Darth Vader's LinkedIn profile that says like great at operational organization and, you know, can control or like, it's, it's just like, no, you're a Sith Lord. That's all, that's all you were. Um, So I think people's ability in marketing in particular to say, I've been involved in all of these things. Like, Mm -hmm. were you like (laughs) signing the check that to another company that did the work for you and you managing that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you are an expert. Did you develop it? Did you, could you talk through the steps of it and the outcome and the, yeah. yeah. Like if, if I asked you, oh, okay. So in that campaign that generated all those leads for that community, did you choose, uh, conversions, lead gen, or traffic as the goal in that meta campaign. Okay. And and tell me why you Mm -hmm. chose that one and not the other one. If they're like, "Mm," and they profess to be a meta advertising expert, well then Mm -hmm. next, you Mm -hmm. know, it's again, back to Jackie's point. It's okay if you just said, I don't know, or I'd love to learn. I'm excited to learn. But people who, who can learn something that's not um, I want to use the word structurally taught, like outside of the market proof marketing Academy, there's nowhere that you're going to learn home building specific, yeah. how to do the things that we do. Mm-hmm. So if you figure that out on your own, that means you've been, you've had the drive and determination to, to watch YouTube videos, read blogs, listen mm-hmm. to podcasts, like you're actually in it, Yeah, but you're right. It is, it is hard. That's, that's I don't remember why time. I asked that question. I just, maybe cause Jackie said something about hiring, but yeah. You know, I just think about like too for online sales and just going back to the be curious thing, you know, the the second word in online sales specialist is sales. Mm-hmm. And our job initially is to engage and convert interest into revenue. Like we have to have that it's soft skills that we're doing to to convert it, but we have to have the drive and and the energy to want to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's the unique piece to the role that, you know, we have yeah. to keep in mind, like as this role evolves, we can't forget that. Like that All is, right. you right. know, you have to have that. Well, so. I think it, in online sales interviewing, it's easy to get thrown off by that, by, by encountering an extroverted personality. Well, exactly. Then, then by definition, they are curious and interested in, and they're interested almost selfishly because it's like, right. Ooh, I get energy from engaging with you. Right. But that doesn't mean they have the drive to ask the tough question. Or that they're self-motivated the to, they're self-motivated to be disciplined, to do their CRM, their process, their exactly. assistance and things like that. So, 
Exactly. So I can, I can definitely see on that end how it would be. Yeah, exactly. It's right. their unicorns. Yeah. Well, yeah. Someone recently asked me, Hey, how about a disc profile for a marketer? If you're familiar with that system yeah. of, of profiling. And I was like, well, I mean, obviously you'd like to have some perfect combination of all four for any role, but you really do need someone who has enough of a high eye that they can interact with their other people in the organization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what you typically get is either someone who's extremely creative, but introverted and awkward, or someone who's very interested in numbers and data, but can't communicate. And so mm-hmm. you need to have a critical thinking skills. You need to have the steadiness and consistency to be able to move forward. But the eye kind of gets lost because you're like, I need, I need salespeople who are eyes, but marketers, eh, you, you really do need, if you're going to be a leader anyway, mm-hmm. enough of an eye to interact with those around you. I think we have some new stories. Man, so we, should, we went we way left. On. Sorry. I love it. That's why I like, <laughs> that's why I like when you're here, Jen. Um, all right. So I've got a, I've got a couple cause I wasn't here last week. I was in Guatemala. So the first one is WordPress sites. Ooh, some. Uh, someone was, uh, talking to someone the other day and they were about, you know, in, in our industry, there are three main, uh, home builder website providers. There is graphic language, there is builder designs and there there's O'Neill interactive. Those are the three that when people ask us, who should we be considering? Those are the three that we talk about because they all have home builder specific backend systems. They've mm-hmm. all been around a long time, have track records. They all have pros and cons that are different and unique. And so we we go through those, but those are the three that we talk about. And we don't really talk about anyone who uses WordPress. And I just, I was kind of shocked. Now, in this particular case, I think this builder is a little bit cost shy, maybe. Like, ooh, mm-hmm. websites can be expensive and they can. But this is a builder whose average sales price of their homes is probably eight fifty to $950,000. And they're doing, you know, fifty to a hundred in any given year. And they build lots of really nice model homes and they furnish it with mm-hmm. furniture mm-hmm. that probably in totality costs more than they're looking at for the website cost. Oh, for sure. And it just makes me sad. Like at the end of the day, as a builder, it's your business. You need to do what you need to do. But I'm like, this doesn't align with your organization or the type of product. It would be like going to the lowest cost per square foot provider in town and saying, can you build me a 3,000 square foot house? And then you as the high-end builder also can build a 3,000 square foot house. If it was your wife or your husband that that you were going to build the house with, would you let them, knowing that you could afford the luxury product, would you let them think that the the low cost provider is the same thing. It just isn't. And anyway, I just, I haven't heard that in a while, but they're like, oh, but it's only, you know, five or 10 grand for the whole site. Like if someone said to you, I could build that 3000 square foot home for all of, you know, $300,000, what would you tell someone? You know, there, there are reasons why, and we don't need to get into all the technical ones. That just kind of blew my mind. Hadn't heard that in a while. Um, I want to, the other thing I thought I'd just start doing in story time is I keep a notes document that I just jot down things that are interesting to me. Cause I was talking to Beth Russell last week and she's like, Kevin, what the heck do you do with your life where you discover all these things? And I'm like, I just have AirPods a in notebook. my ear. All I'm like, I'm like a teenager, but I'm 42. I just have an AirPod in my ear all the time listening to podcasts or, or books on tape or whatever. Um, 
But the idea of chronological snobbery, I don't know if you've ever heard that term before or not, um, but it's this idea that, you know, I'm so much smarter than those that lived 100 years ago or 10 years ago. Mm. Or, you know, if something is no longer talked about in current culture, then it must be that the reason we don't still talk about it or understand it or value it is because it's no longer valuable mm-hmm. or those people back then were so stupid. And that's completely false. I mean, if you, stu- if I was a unknown fact, maybe to, to most, I, my, one of my minors in college was in ancient Egyptian history. So I'm a huge history what? nerd as well. So I'm also reading, um, I forget the name of the author, but he wrote the really great, uh, Steve jobs autobiography or biography. And he wrote one as well. I found out on Leonardo da Vinci. Mm -hmm. So Leonardo da Vinci, first of all, da Vinci, not his last name. That means from Vinci, I guess is the name of the Mm -hmm. city where he lived. I had no idea, but his dad back in the 1400s, his dad's full-time job was that he was a notary. And I'm just thinking like in the 1400s, did we have that many documents that needed to be notarized? Mm -hmm. Did people actually like, apparently, follow that process. It just, there was a notary guild that he couldn't, you know, his dad wanted him to become a notary, but he couldn't because he was an illegitimate son. And that was part of the rules is you couldn't join the guild if you were illegitimate. But this idea of chronological snobbery is that we just think whoever came before us was stupid. And I just think that's a, having heard that term, it made me want to go back and spend more time again in the world of history to kind of relearn or learn from these people before, instead of thinking like, I need to be obsessed with all things technology and looking mm-hmm. forward. There's a whole bunch of incredibly smart people. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting, lived. Kevin. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting twist, considering it's all about like, you know, what can we do better? What can we do better? Don't go back, like go forward, go forward, go mm-hmm. forward. And so what you're saying is, hold on a second. We, don't forget where we came from and Mm -hmm. that we need to go back and. Yeah. I mean, even when it comes to like sales training and and motivational stuff, um, Mike's better at doing this than me, but like you can train, trace the lineage of that, like four or five generations. And it's like, oh yeah, they took this person's content and kind of spun it for the current age. And then Mm -hmm. this person took that same content and spun it again. And it all, you know, goes back to someone from 1600 BC or AD who invented, you know, the idea of sales training. Anyway, it's just, that's just where my mind goes on the weekends and the evenings when I'm not with my four kids. The other thing that I thought was extremely interesting, do we have time for this? And we can just cut out out some stories uh, is that the idea that imitation is intentional. So anytime someone is imitating something, it's intentional. Like, um, I'm observing someone, and, and I'm, I'm intentionally picking up on it, but influence is something that is not necessarily done intentionally. It's like, I'm just around this thing and I'm picking mm-hmm. up on it. So you're we like professional sports players are trying to imitate a certain move or, or an action. Um, and so just being careful that what we're doing it like before I kind of heard this concept, I thought of imitation as a, like they're just trying to be an imitator. Yeah. I, but it's intentional. Whereas influence is like, you're just close to something by proximity. And so it's causing an effect in your life, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you're intentionally choosing it and just being aware. Mm -hmm. And then 
this was the other cool part. Is of that this. like when Sam influenced me to say activate like over exactly. and over again? Electric. Like I wasn't, yeah, electric. I wasn't mm-hmm. intentionally trying to imitate him because right. I Versus wasn't saying, trying to say that. Uh, like, uh, yeah, and we've heard, I, I don't know off the top of my head a name to say, but I've heard people say like, I want to I want to read or listen to more from this person because of the way they speak is so great. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to imitate You're trying that. to imitate them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the word reflective or reflecting is especially as coaches, Jen mm-hmm. and, and Jess and uh, Jackie is reflecting means, you know, those around me who are imitating, we're, you know, we're trying, we're encouraging people to imitate some of the things we're having them, having them work on mm-hmm. is would other people reflecting your own actions actually get closer to their desired results or not. And that might be too esoteric, but to me, that was like, yes, I want you to okay, do what yeah, that, I'm that's, telling you to do so you can get the desired If result. nothing else, Jen, it just helped me understand why I get so stressed out at times when I'm giving people advice or, or okay. sharing best practices is like, mm-hmm. I understand that, that I'm not just telling you something that's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to wave goodbye and say good luck, but am I sharing something that in my true belief that if you do this, Yes. It, it will get them closer to their goal. Mm-hmm. And that almost feels like coaching in and of itself to me. It's like, wait, do you want this? Back to mm-hmm. your point, like the, mm-hmm. the theme of the yeah. episode drive. Do you really want this goal? Okay. Like right. anyone can get that goal. The, mm-hmm. the goal is not the hard part. It's what are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to change in order to get that? It's also like, you know, when I think about just coaching and, and training and different things, the reflective piece of it is, I'm going to share with you how to do something, but why Mm -hmm. so that you truly understand it. It's not just like do this. Like, I'm not telling you to imitate this. I'm telling you to like, I want you to be reflective. I want this to change your life. Here's why if you do this, you will work smarter, not harder. You will reach your goals. You will be happier, more successful. Like, so Thank you yeah. for that, Kevin. Absolutely. I love also, that. we we need to celebrate that there oh, are yeah. two what? come two Woo-hoo. new additional DYC employees for the month of April. Uh, Olivia, who is uh, actually now the producer of the podcast, um, as well as Caroline, who's a new marketing strategist. Uh, Caroline comes to us from Boone Homes in Richmond, Virginia, and I believe she was also with a company named Cornerstone Homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well in that market. So multiple years of experience in the home building industry, which we always love. And then Olivia has no experience in the home building industry, but I've seen pictures of her like on actual real, I don't know if they were movies or TV, but like real, she's behind a camera that I think costs more than my car, uh, like directing something happening. Uh, pretty cool. And she's edited podcasts before. So she is uh, content manager slash marketing manager for do you convert? So she's got the self motivated and motivational yeah. proof. Yeah, that we were and the skills about. most importantly. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like she can, she's got she can proof is in the pudding. Yeah, like, and so what that means for those of you listening is that you may be able to actually see more of us in the future, <laughs> not just from the podcast but all sorts of content because we'd actually now have someone whose full time job is paying attention to that and doing a great job. So it's super excited to have both of them. Yes. You know, things are getting wild and crazy when your brother-in-law is like, 
hired any new people. Do you convert this week? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yes, actually. (laughs) Stay tuned. And we have another one coming. Hey. Uh, So that's more and more to come. All right. On to the news. First up, self-coaching. Self-coaching for online sales success, boost confidence and achieve your goals. Fantastic article written by our very own Rachel, um, online sales coach as well. Jen, give us a quick Basically, Yeah, basically what you want to take away from this is what the rapper Ice Cube says is Mm -hmm. check yourself before you wreck yourself. So you've got to be checking your skills, you know, listening to your calls, you've got to be, um, you know, taking inventory of your benchmarks, you know, where are you at? Where do you need to go? What do you need to do? You don't know where you need to go unless you know where you are. So, you know, we've got to continue to do that. Don't get complacent. Like, Oh, my numbers are good. I'm fine. Everything's rocking and rolling. We're selling homes. There's a whole other piece to that. Um, there's we, a we don't mean other... your manipulated numbers that just make your ratios look good either. Is that right? Is that, that's a yes. joke, mostly. That's, mostly, mostly a joke. That's that's what I'm saying. Is that it applies to anyone in in any position? There's a whole like behind the numbers. You know, looking exactly. at soft skills, looking at behaviors, uh, performance, and also just how are you feeling. So let's have a hippy dippy moment for a second, like check yourself. Like, do I need to recharge when my phone goes off? Am I like, Oh, like, I'm going to talk to, I got to talk to another person. Oh, you know, if you're feeling like that, that is a signal that you need to recharge. You need to step away. You need to go for a walk around the building. You need to, you know, take a moment. Tim, uh, what was that wonderful article you sent the team regarding recharge? Oh, that was from Mia Dubner at Tilson. We were on a coaching call with the team and we were talking about this very topic of like, hey, you either kind of rust out or you burn out. There's a difference. You know, mm-hmm. burnout is just feeling overwhelmed and, and out of control. Like you just don't have any control. You don't know where to start. Rusting out, you get in that kind of complacent, like, ah, okay, doing my job. Yeah, things are fine, you know, whatever. And we were talking about that. And she afterwards sent me an article called Sharpen Your Axe or sharpen your axe, I think is what, and I'll, and I'll have to, I don't have it in front of me. So I don't remember who the author was, but it was really great. Basically just take time to recharge so that you work harder, not you work smarter, not harder. Um, you know, we're doing the step challenge right now and some people need to be sharpening their axes because they are going to run out of steam when their <laughs> legs fall off after doing, you know, 30,000 steps in a day. If that's so not healthy. Chill, chill, right? Like slow and steady. Take your breaks. You know, if you step away and recharge, you will come back stronger for those afternoon phone calls. Take so. take your chondroitin. Uh, I don't know. I said it was funny because I was like, "What do you guys want for a prize?" And I said, "I'm going to probably need a hip replacement after this yeah. whole thing." Is a there knee brace? <laughs> compression socks? Okay. Anyway, great article by Rachel. She is a fantastic coach um, I, to go check I, it out. Yeah, I do want to give some insight. One of the things she says is only 1% of people write down their goals. So yes. it'll be the best thing for success. And cheat code for anyone who's like 
I, but how do I get started? Or I just need that little extra. Um, um, Kevin, you'll probably like this chat GPT. I knew you were going to go. Yeah. There. Oh, we'll create Lord. smart goals for you. Just I say, was going to tell um, Jen that that's probably who wrote the article she read. That she oh, couldn't remember the author. Yeah. And it was probably chat GPT. <laughs> I'm like, but you're right. Up. No, you're right. It's nice. It's nice to have like, how do I want to accomplish this goal? How do, exactly do I create a smart, uh, which smart stands for uh, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, time-based goals. And, and yeah. then obviously get that back, figure it out. I have a one, two, three, six goals on my whiteboard staring at me every day. And I think that's always super helpful <laughs> and um, feels nice because it puts that weight of stress on your shoulders to get them accomplished. The so, appropriate I'm level. I'm pretty sure Chat GPT can do pretty much anything if you put it in there. I mean, Olivia was even. I will try. About. So my favorite thing now is watching all the different ways that it will apologize when I when I put something mm. in. And I'm like, sorry, that wasn't quite right, and they're like, oh, sorry, Mr. Oakley, I will try again. Or like, oh, well, now that I understand, it's just I, anyway, it, it tries, and it's a great. I mean, I continue to be overall. I find it useful. It's less impressive as you use it. Again, that's what Sam, the the founder of OpenAI, says himself. Like you'll you'll see the holes the more you use it. Yeah. But it's it's a fantastic. Um, like there's no excuse to not get started on something or or to make some progress. Like just mm-hmm. get yeah, going. get you going, get your creative mm-hmm. juices flowing. Yeah. Yep. And next up, I'm skipping order a little bit here from Fortune. Uh, my friend Lance Lambert wrote an article called Home Sellers Go on Strike. And for those of you watching on video, there's this map with it. And all of the locations oh marked in Kevin, red you here. Me, you didn't tell me this was going to be on video and all access? Oh, yeah. Always. <laughs> well, whenever we remember to, most of the time. And now <laughs> Olivia's here all the time. But all of the parts of the map you see in red are inventory levels that um, comparing March of 2019 to March 2023, are at 50%. The light mm-hmm. red is somewhere around 40%. Uh, percent. Mm-hmm. And there's only, a gosh, maybe like six or seven counties in the entire United States where inventory level has significantly risen. Wait, was that new homes specific or? No. All, no. All okay. Homes. I was going to say, whoa. Yeah, this is the used home market. And that's <laughs> okay. the silver lining. That's why, that made that's why we were so okay. dang excited as okay. new home builders is that every day or every night when I go to bed, um, this is facetious and I, I still haven't watched the movie that this comes from, but when you say your prayers to sweet baby Jesus at night as a home builder, what movie is that? That Talladega nights. Talladega nights. Yes. Mike yeah. line just oh. like, lost his okay. mind that I haven't seen that yet, but I have, yeah. uh, if you're a home builder, you just keep praying that existing home inventory does not rise where you live because there is no alternative in the finance world. They call that Tina. There is no alternative. If you want a house, (laughs) you're going to have to consider new construction. And the bonus is there's probably some small incentive discount or financing opportunity that makes that home more affordable Mm -hmm. than a used home in the same marketplace. So there's a big question mark of whether this would happen or not. And thank goodness it did. Home sellers Mm -hmm. are choosing to stay put, which is good news for us. Yes, it is. Uh, Next up from CNBC.com. This cracked me up when I read it um, because it's true. Mm. Meta's job cuts are getting customer service, are gutting customer service, leaving influencers and businesses with nobody to call. 
and the <laughs> and it, it quotes this influencer named Kataya Karlova. I don't want to know what she influences. Um, that that she's like really upset because she can't. You know, it's just her livelihood and her business, and she says this is really damaging that she can't uh, get anyone to respond to the issues that she has. And the ironic part that makes it so funny is uh, Meta employees will still call you proactively yep. two to three times a day offering help say, and isn't help. aggressive. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And and so now I just, I'll answer. I'm like, yeah, actually, I do have something you can help me with. Can you do this? And they're like, oh, yeah, no, I can't. I can just like make my company more money by giving you bad recommendations. Mm-hmm. But if you need real help, there's nobody to talk to. I <laughs> just... <laughs> It made me laugh. Uh, what would you say to a home builder? Now it's getting, the market's getting a little tricky and they just gut their customer service department. Right. That's like what it almost, it's like, oh, no, well, I, we're, I we're was helping a friend. Like, Aren't you in the long run? You're or, right. yeah, not having customer service currently have a phone number that is working. Is that now, a, the irony is the platform is starting to work as good as it ever has again in terms of reaching consumers. So, I wish, I mean, truly, I do wish that there was a part of me that is like, I wish this didn't work as well as it did because it is ridiculous. Jen, I was helping someone who's not in our industry eight o'clock at night, just for funsies. I'm like helping this person set up their ad account and create a page and do all the stuff that they needed to do. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're in the finance world primarily. And they're like, holy crap, I should, I should short this company right now. This it's this hard to get started now as a small business on this platform, I was like, yeah, it is. I mean, they would never have been able to do it on their own. So it's just a mess. But the crazy thing is we just started with another uh, builder this month. I mean, 14 cents a click is what they're averaging right now. Wow. For highly qualified, in some cases, better Mm. behavior on the site than organic traffic or paid search traffic. And you're just like, huh, well, thank goodness it still works. But Please, Meta, please, Zuck, just get an actual support line that we can help. We still mm-hmm. have, do you convert? We still have one, we call her the ace in the hole. It's a real person that we became friends with over working with her for like three years. And she's still an employee there, but now she's moved on up and out of kind of a service role. But we still, like, we promise we won't bother you more than like <laughs> once a month. But when we need you, please. Find her. You know how to find her. She better not ever be let go or you're going to be. Off to become friends with Zuckerberg, I guess, if that happens. Mm-hmm. All right. Last up, uh, two quick articles from uh, once from Insider. More millennials now own their own home than rent one. That's good news. Mm-hmm. Leaving Gen Z as the only group where most still have a landlord. So when I say this is good news and this is not marketing talk or sales talk, but it is a good, it is really good news that the millennial generation now has more owners in it than renters. Because um, people smarter than me have pontificated that if we ever get to the point where a generation has significantly lower home ownership rate than 50%, it's not going to be good news for our, our society and culture mm-hmm. because it will be basically like I read another article that I didn't include that 63% of Canadians have given up on the idea of ever being able to own a home. Well, and well essentially, that, that makes sense after listening to some of what's happened in the high rise yeah. stuff in Canada, like how hard yeah. it is. Like- so when, when, when 65% of a population says 
only super wealthy rich people yeah. can ever uh, have the concept of buying a home. Yeah. They start giving, you know, the middle finger to the world around them. They're not happy people and they're not content with being told, well, just shut up and rent, you know, whatever you can rent that they're frustrated with the state of, of the culture and the society. So it's a good thing that millennials are able to do it. Now the question is just, will Gen Z's be able to, I mean, I, I argue with some people uh, on Twitter about this just for fun too. Of like, I don't think $300,000 homes, generally speaking, are ever coming back. Mm. And they're like, sure they will because people have to be able to afford a house. I'm like, well, that doesn't mean the price has to go down. Affordability can change without the price going down. That's how financing works. Unfortunately, that's part of why you know, anything the government gets involved in, not to get overly political, healthcare, education, housing. Three of the things with the largest cost increases over time because financing and, and government money gets involved and messes up the system. So hopefully, uh, hopefully Gen Z can follow, but I'm excited that the millennials have, I don't know if there's anything else in this one, Jackie or Jen that you saw. All right. Then moving on from Forbes, how forever renters, look at there, what we did are changing real estate as we know it. Um, this is an article written by the CEO and co-founder of Rentspree, but he says, you know, they, the cost of a home is at an all-time high in the United States, according to NAR. The median home price increased 15% from last year. So how exactly are people going to be able to afford homes? The median age of a home buyer was 45 this year compared to mm. 31 years old in 1981, speaking to how long people have to wait before they can finally afford to purchase. That goes along with your stat that recently came out. What is it? The average person is staying in their house for 12 years when it used to be. 12 years. I was surprised by that one. Yeah. I mean, when we started, Jen, at least when I started in the business, it was five to seven. Five to seven. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you would tell people like, yeah, you know what? You just want to get in the game. You want to buy your first house. Yeah, The neighborhood might go where it goes, but just make sure you move in the next five to seven years. You can upgrade. You can upgrade. No big deal. Yeah. And what's funny is that we've talked about that stat with builders. Almost everyone on the other end is like, oh, I believe it because I hate moving. Like, you know what business we're in, right? Like, I, and I, but I agree. Like, I'm not, I have no plans to move again. We're going to tear down whatever. That's why we bought on seven acres. I can like do whatever I need to do right but you here. You built what you this. really wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering though. I feel like a lot of people maybe settled for not necessarily what they really wanted um in the last yes. couple of years so i'm it'll be interesting to see if i'm that, gonna try to find it real quick but you were 100 percent right well it's true like i settled for this because it was all that was available now i want to live in it for 12 years they're not going to live in it for 12 years i don't think no um i was just there, there's another article on forbes i'm looking to see if i can find it but it was basically the blessing and the curse of 3% interest rates is that a whole mm-hmm. bunch of people feel trapped in a home that yes, they don't I really just love. Talked to my friend about this the other day. She said, there's nothing on the market. I'm in, my house is too big. I want to downsize, but I have nowhere to go. And I don't want to get rid of that 3% interest rate. And I don't want to go rent. So I'm just going to wait. Well, and here's the, there's no perfect answer for everyone. And we do not give financial advice on this podcast, but the, the best thing, if you, if you urgently feel that need, the way to arbitrage this, the best right now would be to rent your current home, keep that mortgage rate at 3% Mm -hmm. 
and then go rent to purchase or rent to own something else. Mm -hmm. Um, but to your point, if they don't want to rent or have that uncertainty, then yeah, it's tough. Mm -hmm. That's tough. All right. Current favorites. Let's wrap it up. What do we got? Uh, Jen, I think this is the first time you've been on the podcast since we've started the favorites. No, that's not true. I mm-hmm. had a favorite before, which is still one oh, of my favorites. Because you are the fan favorite. But, ah. Yes. <laughs> no, uh, my favorite thing right now is every morning I'm getting up. We have some beautiful gardens that are right near my home on the water. And I walk Rousey and we have, I have a cup of coffee there and it's about two miles and it's just starts the day. Just amazing. I love it. Sim- yeah. Simple. Yeah. Simple, but important. Mm-hmm. Mine always comes back to home building. I'm uh, I'm guilty. Sorry, Kevin. I mean, mine goes along with, I have an old acquaintance on LinkedIn and he was trying to streamline a bunch of team members' headshots and like trying to coordinate and some people live close and the photographer. And so he played with this program uh, called studioshot.ai and what they do. And I sent it to Olivia because she's like, oh, here's kind of a headshot. I was like, you can try this for $30. Good luck. I don't, I was like, I only know one person who used it, but you upload 20 headshots and then it kind of grabs all the angles of your face. And then it spurts out, I think 20 to 50 photos. What? And the guy who did it was like, okay, they got my hair color wrong in a couple, my eye color wrong in a couple. Um, he's like, but it, it's freakishly really good. And so he's like, we're going to implement this across our company so that we don't all have to just like, all right, everyone at the company picnic, we'll do headshots or try to coordinate all the new team members. So I thought that was funny and interesting, but my favorite is just, there seems to be a funky little AI solution for every odd problem now. And it seems like, Hmm. I don't know, not overkill, but it is, it is interesting to see what is coming out. So someone do that for me, check it out. Uh, I already have headshots, but, um, would be fun to see how it, how it does that. Cause you had that program, Kevin, that would kind of like well, yeah, mid journey, you can do the same thing. And that's what a lot of these AI programs are just better interfaces to get to the same thing that you could do yourself. You might have to pay like five or $10 a month, but you're going to pay someone else 30 bucks a month yeah, or whatever in exchange for just a better, smoother way of, of interacting with the AI system. Cause you could do the same thing. If you just uploaded 16 photos of yourself in a single image to mid journey, and then said, make 30 different profiles and use the right prompts. You can get very similar results. Yeah. I just, uh, I just thought about something, Kevin, I have to mm-hmm. ask you when you, you tweeted or posted something about your using chat GPT to go through your email. Was that an yeah. April fools? Oh. oh no, that was not an April fools. <laughs> so I was, I was like, desperate what? because I, I ha- I came back from this trip to Guatemala and you know, you're in a third world country, which we, we, we go, we've been there many times so that we knew what to expect. Nothing was surprising. It's great. But yeah. it was the first time we had taken 18 people with us. We, this time we built some stoves and did some other fun stuff, uh, fun and helpful things down there. But you don't realize like the stress in the back of your mind of just making sure no one does anything they're not supposed to. Or we did have one instance where, um, someone picked up a kid, like they were a doll, you know, cause you're like, you're a Westerner and you're not used to, and we're like, no, don't do that. They're like, yeah. you need to like know the people before you, you know, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's just, there's a lot of things going on in your mind. So I was like, I, I do not have the mental capacity to go through 1100 emails. And so, um, I, I just used uh, Zapier and chat GPT and it, it didn't work perfectly. I had to undo it some. So that's why people are like, teach me how I'm like, I know I'm, I'm not okay. going to teach you how to unperfectly do I this. I literally but. thought it was possibly an April fool's. Cause I think you posted on April fool's. I was like, no <laughs> way. 
I, I don't no, know. I, yeah, I don't participate in that. Uh, someone told me that April Fools went too far in their family. Like people started pretending they were kidnapped and like leaving voicemails, like I'm I'm about to get killed. And so their whole family got so stressed out they decided not to get into April Fools. And so I just, you know, my kids are crazy. They would. I'm just like, yeah, we're not starting any of that. So my kids barely know that that is a tradition at all. Mm-hmm. My favorite is not going to be surprised because I already kind of hinted at this, but because of this kind of rethought process of mine of going back uh, oh. and learning from others is audible. So I had, I had hmm. stored up like eight credits on there. I forget how this works. I think it's like 10 bucks a month on audible and you get four credits a month or something. And my kids use it. My wife uses it too, but I just went on a binge. And so I'm going to share what I'm listening to now is that um, Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci by Walter Isaacson is the name of the author. But I also have Einstein teed up again by him and then here's two others that I haven't gotten gotten to yet, but if you want to like work ahead of me and just share the chat GPT notes with me or whatever, that'd be cool. Um, but I'm really excited to, to read them. One is Dopamine Nation by Dr. Mm. Ann Lemke. Sounds uh, fascinating. It, yeah, it just talks about how <laughs> all this stuff in our life is focused on the dopamine drip yeah. and no, um, that's... How, how that works. Um, and the other shoot I just had is called The Creative Act by Rick Rubin. Um, and that came highly recommended by someone that, um, I really respect. So I'm not going to say much more about it. Cause I don't even remember. I just remember they said, get it. And I was like, I did it. It's, it's on, it's on, but they were like, dopamine nation and creative act, the creative act. Yes. Okay. So there you go. Check those out. You know what? We should get back to having a question of the also, week. We've been, we're not going to do it this time. We're too far in. Um, but we had some we good ones on all access recently that I'm like, ooh, we should highlight those. Yeah. Well, let's just throw it in the show notes for, for next time. I'll, I wish we had someone on our team who could like could do help with that. Oh, Olivia. Mm. I'm just kidding. Oh. All right. Thanks for listening. This was don't forget fun. to become a member thanks, yeah. for free. Uh, you know what? I don't even have to record this anymore, do I? I realize that you've just been editing it out and doing the pre-record thing anyway. So yeah, great. All right. All right, everyone. We'll see you next week. See ya. See ya. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Market Proof Marketing. Can't wait for the next one or looking to connect with other new home marketers? Become a member of our private community, DYC All Access, which is 100% free and always will be. Get exclusive content not shared anywhere else, access to private events, and the ability to join a marketing impact group with other marketers like you around the country. Visit our link in the show notes or members.doyouconvert.com to join. All opinions expressed by me, Andrew Peak, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. Now get to work and make sure your company is market-proof. <laughs>